Hey everyone, I'm Anya along with Josh from AdStage. Today is September 21st, 2018, and these are your top seven PPC headlines for the week. Josh, you want to get started on the first one? Yeah, so let's get started. This one comes from the Wall Street Journal, and Amazon is forecasted to be number three in digital advertising in 2018. So Amazon is expected to generate $4.6 billion in ad revenue. So that's more than Microsoft and Verizon's oath. So this comes from eMarketer's latest forecast, and they're forecasting that Amazon will have a market share of 4.15%. And this has actually increased quite a bit since about six months ago when eMarketer predicted that the share would be around 2.7%. So eMarketer cited strong organic growth in ad revenues, and they also had some accountant changes that they uh, moved some revenue around. Huh. In all fairness, this headline was all over the internet this week, but from what I saw in Wall Street Journal, nothing really changed much in terms of organic growth. At least they don't have any hard numbers, but they reclassified some advertising services from cost of sales to revenue. So basically the way they calculated the revenues in March was not exactly accurate. So I think their advertising services were considered as cost of sales category, um, while right now it's classified as revenue. So not sure how big of a headline this is in, in reality, but it was honestly like all over the internet. I saw like marketing land, search engine land, Wall Street Journal, everyone was talking about it, which I guess makes sense because we also talked quite a lot about Amazon in our most recent shows. It's indeed a very serious player in the market, quite a threat to Duopoly, Google and Facebook, mostly because it has purchase data, unlike Google and Facebook, not just clicks and impressions. Yeah, I think that's an important point. So Amazon, you know, they have all that purchase data, they have advertisers who are, you know, selling their products on Amazon, and now they're really going after the brands. So they want brands to really pick up and start advertising a ton on Amazon. And I think they're making all the right moves to make that happen. So Google, uh, Google and Facebook, they're still far ahead of where Amazon is. And, uh, but Amazon's making the right moves to catch up. So we'll see, you know, through this year and next year, um, how that looks. So of course, Google and Facebook control 58% of the digital ad market. So, and they're bringing in a combined 64 billion. So that's quite a bit more than the, the four and a half billion that's expected from Amazon. Um, but it's, it's exciting. And, but like you said, it's just a little bit of uh, Amazon's cleanup with their whole ad space and, and what they're doing just to, just to get themselves situated uh, for future gains. Yeah, I think it's, it's a lot of changes going on for Amazon right now. A couple of weeks ago, we covered how they revamped the whole advertising unit. So they had like three departments doing different things, and now it's all one. So I'm guessing it's quite of a challenge to... Um, account for the revenue versus cost of sales and calculate how much money they're actually making. Cool, um, let's move on to um, the duopoly. Can't not talk about Google on the show. Vertical video ads are coming to YouTube. Um, if you were at De Mexico last week in Germany, you might've seen the new vertical video ads by Hyundai. And I'm not sure how to pronounce it. Hyundai, Hyundai. Okay. I think it might be Hyundai. Hyundai. If, if you know for sure, if, if you're from South Korea, let us know. We want to pronounce it correctly. Yeah, so Hyundai or Hyundai, they were among the first marketers to actually test this new creative format, vertical video. 
is new ads will appear on YouTube mobile app, uh, similar that you see ads on Instagram or Snapchat. Yeah, so YouTube has long accommodated this vertical video upload by its users. And so they dynamically adapt the ratios for mobile in line with what, you know, the way that the video has been shot. But today's announcement marks the first time the company is letting brands serve vertical creative um, on its platform. So it's, it's really interesting. And, and I think it's probably long overdue to, to let brands do this. Uh, we've all been using mobile for forever and watching YouTube videos. Huh. Another cool thing that they announced is that now you can buy ad inventory in people's home feeds. So you know how if you log into your YouTube um, app or open YouTube and browser and you're logged in your Google account, YouTube has recommendations specific to your account, specific to your browsing history. So now you can um, tailor content, add content, branded content uh, for each specific person and their um, news feed. So I... I opened my YouTube feed yeah. to, to see. What's, what's in your YouTube feed, Anya? Oh, so I have Maroon 5, Girls Like You video launched three months ago. Not sure. I I mean, I'm okay with Maroon 5, but I have a trailer from Marvel Studios, Captain Marvel. Mm-hmm. Is it, I, is I it launching one. this weekend? Yeah, I have that one too. It's a, I think they're promoting that like crazy. Um, I see. And I have the world's largest airplane landing in Oakland, California. Nice. So they definitely know that you're in the Bay Area. So yeah. Um, oh, and I have uh, Apple Watch Series Four um, reviews, which is which is kind of interesting because I've been actually browsing a lot of things uh, around Apple Watch Series Four versus Apple Watch Series Three recently. So it kind of makes sense. Yep. So they have you figured out. So in mine, I also have the Captain Marvel official trailer i have some kung fu monk versus kickboxers uh, <laughs> i've been watching a lot of iron fist the new one on netflix so a lot of kung fu videos and so they got me figured out there and then some just like various uh, outdoor videos so yeah they got me figured out so yeah it'll be interesting to see some some new brands show up in this in this home feed right i'm also logged in in my work email uh, like my Google account tied to my AdStage account. So obviously I'm not watching that many YouTube videos on my work laptop. So I guess if I log in on my personal account, it would be a little different. They probably still show me the Marvel um, Studios official trailer, okay. which I want to see now. Cool. All right. Um, time for Facebook. I mean, Instagram. Yeah, Instagram. Yeah. So I just mentioned Instagram. So... Instagram's also rolling out shopping in stores globally. So the shopping channel is also going to appear in Explore. So I checked out my Instagram. It's not in there yet, but I expect it to, to drop within the next couple of weeks. So the shopping channel in its Explore tab and expanding shopping in stories globally. So there's two things in one here. So with shopping in stories, brands can place a shopping bag icon in any product within a story. And then users click on that shopping bag and view the product info or images, links, and they can be sent off to the, the brand's website to purchase the product. Oh, gosh. I already bought more than two things off Instagram and not off Instagram stories. I actually like the most recent one was yesterday night. I was scrolling down my Instagram feed and I saw, um, yeah, a shirt that I liked and I bought it and I was... Um, going through the news for today's show. And I was like, oh my gosh, more shopping opportunities on Instagram. Oh no. Yeah. But um, you're gonna, yeah, you're it's, gonna get re- retargeted. 
uh, quite a bit now, I think, Anya. Definitely, yeah. Scary, scary news. I think it's good news. It's not scary. So Instagram, so like you said, there's a second part of this, right? So Instagram is also launching a shopping tab in Explore. So if you think about Explore, you have all those different tiles, you know, at the top. So now they'll be shopping and it's all pace, uh, personalized based on both the brands that you follow and like brands that you might be interested in. So that should be coming out uh, globally over the next few weeks. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of engagement around stories and not just for your friends' stories, but for brand stories. According to Instagram, one third of the most viewed stories are created actually by brands. And Instagram reports 90 million accounts engaging with shopping and stories per month since they started testing this feature. And I think the test started um, early this summer in June. So Yeah, that makes sense. That seems about right. Like when out of... One out of every three or four stories that I view are from brands. Um, so, yeah, I guess now we'll just be doing a lot more shopping. Which which brands are you following on Instagram? I do. I follow a lot of outdoor brands, so like North Face and Black Diamond and, and companies like that. So I see a lot of, of fun places that I'd love to go visit. I, say I follow a lot of meme accounts and, yeah, all, all that. So that's my feed. Cool. Let's um, let's get into what else? Twitter. Twitter is bringing back reverse chronological order in its timeline. So, the social network updated show the best tweets first setting, so that when you turn it off, you can see tweets from people and accounts you actually follow, not the tweets and accounts that Twitter recommends you in reverse chronological order. So instead of the tweets that Twitter decides are best for you, you can actually see the ones that are most recent from the people that you follow. I like this a lot. I, I actually saw a lot of people uh, wanting this feature for quite a while, and I feel like Jack Dorsey has been more active on Twitter recently in the past couple months, so he kind of saw that it makes sense, so I'm happy they did it. Yeah, I am too. So I, yeah, my Twitter use has dropped off quite a bit over the past year, and, and maybe it was due to just the feed, not showing me what I was most interested in. Um, and that's just the people that I follow, right? Because I want to keep up with what they're saying and I don't want to have to scroll for minutes uh, to figure out like what everybody posted recently. So uh, go check out your settings and privacy uh, and it's buried in content preferences. There should be a checkbox. So if, if it's turned off, then you'll see the tweets, right? From the people and accounts you follow. Cool. All right, so up next, we have an interesting one from Pinterest. So Pinterest is going after influencer marketing budgets with their new API uh, feature here. So Pinterest expanded its content marketing API to third-party influencer marketing platforms. So the new partners will now have direct access to profile statistics. And these are things such as impressions and saves for pins. And they actually rolled this out with eight influencer marketing platforms. And um, these are joining other official uh, Pinterest marketing partners that provide services for advertising, audience, content marketing, uh, creative and measurement. So the new partners that they're launching with are Open Influence, Hyper, Clear, Aspire IQ, Maverick, Isaiah, Influence.co, and obviously, so I have never heard of these guys, but 
I guess they're just yeah. ramp up their think, game on the influencer marketing. Maybe they need some influencers to market the solution because honestly, no idea who these guys are. Yeah, same. So I had to look up a few of these companies to see what they do. And they all now have direct access to the statistics for our individual profile. So if you're a Pinterest user and you're out there saving, you know, pinning, uh, pinning pictures and and content on Pinterest. So now all these stats will go to influencers or to these platforms in which influencers can can follow and know all your monthly views and impressions and click-through rates and saves for those pins. So and this is gonna be, I think, really helpful for influencers who are trying to uh, get the most for the brands that they, they represent. Pinterest says that this expanded API makes influencer marketing on Pinterest more of a self-serve feature within the ecosystem which could mean less direct revenue for Pinterest from influencer posts. So less, less money for Pinterest, but more engagement for folks um, who are on Pinterest and folks who are in this industry of technology platforms for influencer marketing, like those guys, obviously, and influence.co. Yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see. I don't know too much about the whole influencer ecosystem, but it'll be uh, interesting to learn more about how how this feature takes off. Yeah, Pinterest has been pretty active with their influencer marketing game recently. They, um, I think this summer they released a bunch of features just for influencers. Um, the, they actually did like a, they had a conference just for influencers in San Francisco this summer. Um, around 250 creators were invited. So they had like classes and keynotes and I know they also held conferences in Europe, in the UK, and France, and um, they have one in Japan next month. So they're really, really focused on that. Cool. Yeah, I think I think influencers will appreciate uh, these new statistics. Definitely. All right, Snapchat time. Snapchat gives publishers a new way to make stories and money. Snapchat is trying something new. They're giving publishers a way to create videos without too much heavy lifting. So previously, publishers had to create their own videos and spend a lot of time and money and effort on building stories. And now they can take a bunch of stories from their users and create a video. I don't know about this. I mean, I'm, I, so basically, publishers are con- you know, sourcing all this content from users creating videos and then putting ads to do it to make more revenue. But I, what I couldn't figure out is what do the content creators, the users get out of it? I don't think they get anything out of it. So no, no, it says that <laughs> Snapchat and the publisher are going to split revenue. It doesn't say what percent, but it doesn't mention anything about users. So if you're on Snapchat and you're creating videos and then you see refinery um, 29 or daily mail using your video in their stories, you're probably not going to get paid for it. And yeah, and you might not be happy if your video that you took goes viral in an ad and then now Snapchat and, and Daily Mail are making a ton of revenue off of it. And then you're just like, oh, well, that was great. Now I, I don't know how you feel about that. So, and that's just something you always have to remember as a user, right? When you upload content to these platforms, there's usually something in the terms and conditions that says anything you upload is 100% owned by that platform, right? So... You don't pay for the product, you are the product. Yeah, exactly. So it's interesting. And I think it's great for publishers though, right? So it streamlines their whole creation process. And if we're talking from an ads and revenue point of view, 
uh, this is great news and I'm sure their content creators are super happy because they're just like, oh, this is going to be great. Just jump into the Snapchat platform, you know, pick a, a bunch of videos that already were created by users, create your video and you're done. So. Yeah. How long do you think it will be until Instagram has the same thing? I don't know. They're probably taking a look at that if they haven't already, but it's interesting. Definitely. So we're going to wrap up today's show with uh, some news that came out of Spotify or about Spotify. So Spotify can tell if you're sad. And the article headline was Spotify can tell if you're sad. Here's why that should scare you. So I don't know if it really should scare you. So uh, real-time mood-based marketing has been a growing trend. We've seen these types of headlines come out of Facebook. Um, and it's really something that we should all already be aware of. And it's not something that's going away. So for Spotify, over the past few years, they've been ramping up their analytics capabilities and really helping marketers target consumers with ads that are tailored to the mood that they're in, which makes perfect sense for music, right? Because you're going to be listening to different types of music depending on what type of mood you're in. Uh, so I don't see why this is such a big deal. Interesting. I'm, I'm just wondering, and this year is for marketers, at least it's the year of the GDPR regulations. And um, we talk about personal data and what's personal data, like what's personally identifiable data. And I, I looked at their... Um, official kind of definition, it says that personal data could refer to one or more factors specific to the physical, physiological, genetic, mental, economic, cultural, or social identity of a person. So do you think songs and music would be considered personal data? Uh, I don't know. It could be. I suppose like your playlists are very unique to your personality, right? Your I don't know if two people's playlists would match perfectly, right? It's like a fingerprint almost. Everybody's is unique. So in that sense, yeah, I think it, it could be used to identify who you are. Um, and then if, depending on what mood, I guess you classify songs by moods and depending on how that leans, if it's more happy or more sad, they can, Spotify can tell uh, what your mood is. And, you know, really advertising has used moods and feelings and they're in selling products since advertising began, right? So I always want to try to sell if it's something like that, or maybe you're in a little sad mood, so you want to sell them some some junk food, right? Like I don't know, I want to go get some Taco Bell when I'm when I'm feeling down and I need I need to feel better about myself. <laughs> Is that what you do? <laughs> no, like, maybe I'm not saying. I, I will neither confirm. Or I definitely deny that, that tacos tacos are. <laughs> Tacos is a healthy way to, yeah, to tackle your mood um, if you're sad or something. Um, yeah. Or you can just listen to a more cheerful playlist on Spotify and then um, brands just won't know that you're sad. So this is true. There you go. So yeah, uh, we'll, we'll see if there's any blowback on this uh, from Spotify. I don't expect there to be really much, much more to the story. All right. These are all of your headlines for the week. Thanks so much for listening. It's um, the BBC show, Anya and Josh from AdStage. We will see you then.